Well, praise the Lord and welcome to our Romans Bible study today. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson right here in my office at Crossway Church. Every Monday morning and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time, we're right here live on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page. And after we're through, everything is uploaded to the YouTube channel, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316, and the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. Our church has an app. All these teachings and services we hold are on that app as well. It's the Crossway Church app right on your phone, easy access there. But we also record, I do, everything I minister, whether it's here in the studio, inside the sanctuary, or on the road, wherever I am, I record right here on my iPad, and it's later uploaded to my uh, uh, channel, which is for those who have ears to hear, on the Spreaker app. And uh, that's right, that's that's an app for your phone as well. It's the Spreaker, not Speaker, but Spreaker. And my channel is for those who have ears to hear, or you can just type my name in, and there are 200, 300 messages on there, gospel messages on there, that can help you in your study in God's Word. And that's what we desperately need. Amen. Today we are in part two of Romans chapter 8, and uh, th this this is some of the meatiest words in the Bible. Uh, Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8. If the child of God does not understand these three chapters as it relates to Christ and what he did to Calvary and their daily living, not just their salvation and into the kingdom, but their daily living, let me say it again. If the child of God does not understand Romans 6, 7, and 8 properly in its proper context, which means as it relates to Christ and what he did at Calvary for them in their daily lives today, how it relates to their daily lives today, then they have never been and can never be discipled. These three chapters reveal the only way that a child of God can live in victory, the only way the child of God can be discipled, as Jesus taught, that you can't be my disciple unless you take up your cross and follow me. Think about that. Jesus said, unless you deny yourself, take up your cross daily, not a one-time thing that gets you in the kingdom, daily then you can follow me. You can't follow Christ without faith in the cross. Think about that. That's pretty powerful. But today we are in part two of Romans chapter eight, and it's, 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 all, it's all been good, but it's about to even get better, praise God. Today is August the 19th, 2019. I like to share that so we'll know right where we were when we were teaching this particular session. So grab your Bibles paper and pencil as we just ask the Lord. Lord, give us today that daily bread. Load us with the benefits that we know you have for us today. Fill us with your spirit. Fill us with your word. Paint a bigger portrait in our hearts of Christ for when we see him in a greater way, we'll see you, Father, in a greater way. Hallelujah. And I know he's going to do just that. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, <laughs> And we discussed ver verse 1 uh, on 
uh, last Thursday as we began chapter 8, and we will continue to discuss verse 1 because there is a lot in verse 1. The Bible here says, There is therefore now. When you see the word therefore, that means somebody has said uh, some things, and then whatever they have said, they stopped and they said, Therefore. So therefore always sends you back to see what for. So you have to go back, and as you go back to the very end of Romans chapter 7, you'll see within the last five verses, the word law is written there seven times. And so he's really talking about law. He's talking about the law of the mind, the law of sin and death. He's talking about the law uh, 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 that was the Old Testament condemnation, the, the law. And in Romans chapter 8, he begins to talk about a new law, and we'll discuss that today. But when he says, there is therefore now, you have to look back, and when you go back and you see in verse 24 of chapter 7, he says, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? You and I, Christian, are from, from now, from the time we were born again until the time we see Jesus, we're with Jesus, there is a constant, never-ending striving between flesh and spirit. It's always going to happen. It's always going to be there. But as Paul was given the revelation of the cross, you and I can read what the Holy Spirit gave him through his experience and the revelation of Jesus Christ in his experience, and you and I can have the illumination from what he wrote for us. God, through Paul, wrote this for us, and he came to the conclusion, and he says in the very last verse, 25 of chapter 7, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. And he was referring to the inner man, the new man. You, I mean, you just can't decide as a lost person in your mind, you're going to start serving God. It won't work because you have to be born again. You have to become a new creation. You have to be given the mind of Christ. And see, the new covenant, Hebrews 8 and 10, God promised from long ago. He says, this is the covenant I'll make with Israel in those days. I'll put my law in their minds and write it in their hearts and they'll be unto me a people and I'll be unto them a God. That, you can read that in Hebrews 8 and 10. And that's what the church, not Israel yet, as a nation, but the church is experiencing that. God's no longer writing his laws down on paper and in stone. God has written his laws in our hearts. He's put them in our mind because he's made us a new creation in Christ, the new man in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And Paul is learning this. He's realizing this, and Christians need to know this today. The only place you can serve God is in the law of your mind. Look, I myself serve the law of God with the mind. That means the new mind, not, not the old mind, not the natural man. He don't even know how to serve. He don't even know anything about God, the Bible says, until he's born again. He can't see the kingdom. He can't enter the kingdom. John 3, verses 3 through 5. You must be born again, Jesus told Nicodemus, or you can't enter the kingdom or you can't even see it. 
You don't really even know what it is until you accept the king of the kingdom, and then he brings you into the kingdom. Praise God. So you have to, when you're reading scripture and it says, therefore, that means he's just said something you need to go back and look at, and we just did. And so he says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who are not after the flesh, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Now listen, whoever, all of the people who've ever trusted in the work of Christ at Calvary, meaning his death for the atonement, the forgiveness of their sins and their justifying position in him before God, listen, there is no more condemnation for you because you are now in Christ. Hallelujah. God has put his law in your mind and written them in your heart. And that's why we study the word of God so we can see the word of God. That's what he's put in our hearts and minds. And we need to learn what God has put in our hearts and minds. I, I just bought a, a truck and it's got more whistles and bells on it. I'm having to read the book and learn what all the buttons do. Listen, when you're born again, you don't really know anything except God loves you. You believe that. He sent his son to die for you. You believe that. You've accepted him. And that's all you know. But then you get in the book and you begin to learn the things that please God, hallelujah. You begin to learn that he cannot be pleased absolutely in no way outside of faith, and that's the faith of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who loved us, and here it comes, gave himself for us. That's the faith God's looking for. Think about it. And you and I, in Christ, there's no condemnation toward us because we're not under the law. Think about that. Make, take notes now as, as, as you're hungering for more. God's going to give it to us. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, in several verses, the Bible tells us there, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, the Bible there reveals to us that the law was what was written in stone. The commandments of God, the law was a ministry of condemnation. It was a ministry of death. That's right. Why was it a ministry of condemnation and death? Because it could not save us. It could not make us righteous. We could not be righteous before God through the law. Because, why? Because we could not obey the law. We were sinners. Even those people today that think they're obeying the law without being born again, they're not obeying. God says this in his word, that you may not do break this, but when you break one law, one of the Ten Commandments, God says you're guilty of all because you're, guilt. you're either not guilty or you're guilty. You're not partially guilty and partially not guilty, you're, that doesn't exist in the eyes of God. You're either guilty or you're not guilty. And the reality is you and I are born under law. We're born condemned. Jesus said in, in John, when he was teaching, he says in John 3, 18, listen, I, I didn't come to condemn you. Those that, listen, those who don't believe on the name of the Lord in the one God sent, they're already condemned. You and I showed up here condemned. But once we accepted Christ as our Savior in our hearts, not started going to church, not started singing songs with people in the congregation, not when we started doing something did, did we 
get delivered from condemnation and, and become just before God. But when we accepted Christ as our own personal Savior, thank you, God, for sending your son Jesus for me. He died for me. I believe it for myself. Hallelujah. I accept it for myself. And, and, and it's more than head and it's more than mouth. It has to go through head and it will be confessed in the mouth. But when it takes place in the heart, the change happens and everybody that knows you knows you're not the same because you're a new creation in Christ and you've been moved from law to grace. You've been moved from darkness to light. You've been moved from ignorance to knowledge. Praise God. The changes are innumerable that took place when we were born again. And so we don't need to push out and forget about the born-again experience. Peter wrote in his writings that, if you for, that, that you will go blind if you forget you were purged from your old sins. Think about that. Think about these people who are just still living in condemnation about their past sins. Christians who are still living under condemnation, con condemning thoughts, uh, is what it really is. Uh, but they just can't get over how bad and wicked they used to be and how bad and wicked the things were they used to, do, used to do. And listen, you are not who you used to be, and you've been forgiven of all you used to do. <coughs> God's forgiven you. He's forgotten all that. And if you forget that, Peter wrote, you'll go blind. I believe it's in 2 Peter 1.9 if you're taking notes. So, Let's get back here in verse 1 of chapter 8. There's a lot here. There is therefore now <coughs> no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. When you're placed in Christ, that means Romans 6, 3, you're immersed into his death. That takes place when your faith is in his death, not when you get in a water baptismal tank. The salvation has already taken place. If you're trusting in water to save you, then you're still not saved. So you better be careful of those that try to teach you you're not saved unless you're water baptized. For there have been many who were saved and never were water baptized. You need to be water baptized. It's a biblical ordinance that shows that you're living in obedience to the Word of God, hallelujah, that you want to testify through water baptism of what Christ has done for you at Calvary, how you've accepted it by faith. Amen. Think about water baptism for a moment. When you are water baptized and someone takes you and places you down under the water, that's a symbol. That's a type. That's a representation of what's already happening. You've already died and you've been buried. And when you come up out of that water, there's another hand. If it's a typical water baptism, there's a preacher or a friend or a brother, whoever, there's another hand that's bringing you up out of the water. It's the hand of Almighty God that brought you up out of, the, out of death and placed you in Christ through his death, your faith in his death. So think about that. The only people who are in Christ are people who've placed their faith exclusively in the work of Christ at Calvary. Then comes the works of the believer, not before. People who teach the opposite in a deceptive way are trying to make you think you can work your way into Christ, work your way into heaven, work your way into a place of uh, justification, work your, your way into a place where there's no condemnation. No, you better let that go. Jesus did that for you. Hallelujah. 
in Christ speaks of your faith in his death. Glory to God. So, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, comma, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. The first part of this verse is a positional, it speaks of our position. As I've said, if you if you've accepted Christ from the heart, you've believed in him, in what he did at the cross for your sins, then you've been forgiven, justified, sanctified, hallelujah, and you've been given the, the, the race to run. It's a race of victory. He's cloaked you, robed you in his, his righteous robe, not what you did. See, if you trusted in what you did, that's your robe of righteousness, and it's, it's nasty in the eyes of God. It's gross, and, and our works are gross before God. It's only what he does that he honors. Hallelujah. And so, uh, but there's a comma there after in Christ, and then it begins to speak of our experience. Because if you're a Christian, you're justified in the eyes of God. You're in Christ at the right hand of the Father. Yet you also live here on the earth now. Christianity and salvation and everything is a, I'm saved, but I'm going to be fully saved. Hallelujah. I'm righteous, but I'm, but I'm going to be uh, fully one day glorified with the full ex with a full experience of all that Christ died for me to have. Today I'm just as justified as I'll ever be. I'm righteous in Christ. Hallelujah. I'm sanctified in Christ. I'm I'm not working to be just. I'm not working uh, to 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 be pleasing to God. I am believing in Christ. For it is his faith that tasted death for me. Hebrews 2, 9 and Galatians 2 and 20. Praise God. My faith is in Christ, meaning the death of Christ. So the second part of verse 1 speaks of an experience, an experiential place. Because if you and I as children of God walk after the flesh, the Bible says here in this same chapter, we'll get to it some uh, years down the road, <laughs> But though they that are in the flesh cannot please God. What does that tell us? Because of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 tells us that it's impossible to please God without faith. That means when we try to serve God and please God through the flesh, through what we do, he can't be pleased. It, it's impossible to please God without faith. Not hard, but impossible. And that's faith in Christ, not just faith in anything you want to place it in. You say, well, no, I can place it in the Word of God. Not if it, Listen, the Word of God is only your light if it's in the context of the man who said, I am the light. The Word of God is only your daily bread if it's in the context of the man who said, I am the bread that came from heaven. Listen, the Word of God is only your experiential liberating and provisional truth if it's in the context of the man who said, I am the truth. When you separate Jesus and what he did at Calvary, for that is what allows him to be all that you are supposed to be, experience all that you should be experiencing. The cross is what brings the experience of Christ into our lives initially and daily. Think about that. Faith in the sacrifice. So our faith, even in what's written, has to make. We have to make sure that our faith 
is in Christ and his sacrificial work because Jesus said the scriptures are about him, John 5, 39. So in this same chapter, the Bible says they that are in the flesh cannot please God. So if we walk after the flesh, and the Bible says that we can, just because we're in Christ does not mean that we have to walk in Christ. We can walk after the flesh. They that are at, walk after the Spirit are walking in Christ. Write this down. Most of you probably know it. Some of you may not. Colossians 2, 6. Let's look at it together this morning. I don't have it here. I don't. Matter of fact, I don't have any notes. I'm just teaching uh, out of this book of Romans. So watch this in Colossians 2. This is, very, this is paramount in what you have as knowledge from the Lord. Watch this. Colossians chapter 2 verse 6. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord. Stop. How did you receive him? If you received him biblically, correctly, you received him by placing your faith. That means your heart was believing unto righteousness. His righteous work at Calvary. His death for the atonement of your sins. Hallelujah. When you received him, watch, as you have therefore received, as you received him, just like you received him, so walk ye in him. In him speaks of your being immersed into his death. Romans 6, 3. Go look at it. Well, let's just look at it our own selves. Romans 6, 3. Don't you know, Paul writes, know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ. Doesn't say we're baptized into water. It says we were immersed, baptized into his death. That's where we were placed when we were born again. And it was by faith, not a work. Water baptism is a work that we are functioning it. We're doing. When we placed simple childlike faith in the work of Christ at Calvary, that is the work, that is the righteous work God is pleased with. And that's when our hearts believe unto righteousness, hallelujah, that our mouths before God can, cor can correctly begin to declare salvation in him. And the Bible says in Colossians 2, 6, as you have received the Lord Jesus Christ, so walk ye in him. That means just what Jesus taught in John 15, once you've received him, you must abide in him. That means faith in his sacrifice, not just go to church. That Listen, millions are in church who are not abiding in Christ, probably have never even been in Christ. Millions think they can work their way in to heaven. Millions think they can do enough good deeds, pay enough money, be in church uh, uh, all their life, be dedicated to, 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 to be faithful where people see them being faithful. God only sees faith as legitimate if it's in Christ. Amen. Because that's the faith God is pleased with. The faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave himself for us. When we believe upon him with the heart unto righteousness, Romans 10, 10, which is the work he did at Calvary, then that is the faith God has always honored. What he would do in Christ at Calvary, that's the righteous work where he that knew no sin 
became our sin offering, and through that made us the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Romans 5, I'm, so, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. Write it down, take a note. Righteousness comes through no other avenue but grace. And grace comes through no other avenue but the death of Jesus. And let me make sure we know this. Just because you get grace that saved you the day you were born again does not mean that you just automatically walk after the Spirit the rest of your life. If you did, the Holy Spirit would never be grieved. We would never be told not to grieve the Holy Spirit. We wouldn't have been need to talk the things that Paul taught us because he wouldn't have had to learn them himself. It would have just been a walk after the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit would have just caused us to walk in holiness, and that's not the case, my friend. On every page of your New Testament portion of the Bible you have, on every page there's a warning. You never saw that till the Lord was able to, in your broken down place as a child of God, bring you back to faith in the cross so that you could begin to walk after the Spirit again. And that's where the phrase, I feel like I've been born again all over again, comes from. Because only there is life experienced. Only at the cross, I mean faith in the work Christ there did for us, will you experience, be able to lay hold on this everlasting life that you already have. Glory to God. Condemnation has already been removed. The cross of Jesus brought us into a whole new era of God's history of salvation for men. That's right. Condemnation was removed. The power of death was stripped away from the devil. Justification before God is offered to all who will believe. The giving of His Spirit. The new way to approach God. Somebody said hallelujah. It, listen, glory to God. All that old stuff is gone, man. God's no longer writing His laws in stone or even on paper. He's written them in our hearts, our minds. He's given us in the new man, the new man, the new creation in Christ contains the laws of God written in him, put in our minds, written in our hearts. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's important when we study the word of God to see what it is. The new man, Ephesians 4.24 says, the new man was created in righteousness and true holiness. Glory to God. That can only come about as you study Romans 6, 7, and 8, basically, mainly Romans 6. Holiness can only come about through righteousness I'm talking about, listen, the experience of holiness. You are holy in the eyes of God because you're in the Holy One, Christ Jesus. We're talking about the experience. As a Christian, you want to experience victory over that sinful mess that's dominated your life. You want out of that. You want to God to have control and not the sin nature to be dominating you. You're tired of making excuses for what you know you could be delivered from because you've seen others delivered. And you believe that God is the deliverer. You declare it, and you need to know that He can and He will deliver you as long as you keep looking unto Christ, who is the author and the finisher of your faith. And it's faith that we overcome by. Hallelujah. 
But he authored it, glory to God, through what he did at Calvary. Hallelujah. Isn't that good news? Man, we're so blessed. What's it? Back to Romans chapter 8. So you and I, just because we're placed in Christ, born again, justified in the eyes of God, we do not have to walk after the Spirit. We can daily choose to walk after the flesh. And it's really not even a choice if we're living in ignorance. Now, I didn't say we're stupid. Ignorance means I don't know. So if I don't know and I didn't, for so many years, I did not know that if my faith wasn't in the sacrifice of Christ alone, that the Holy Spirit could not give me the experience of the victory that Christ died for me to have. Oh, I can quote scripture and I can tell them what Jesus did for them at Calvary and see them saved. I can even see them baptized with the Holy Spirit. But I'll never have anything to offer them for living in victory if I don't know Romans 6, 7, and 8 as it pertains to the cross and my daily living right now. There's absolutely no way. But you and I, as children of God, we can walk after the Spirit. It's taught even in a, in, in, in a greater way, or can I say a, a related way in, in Galatians chapter 5. Once you understand the cross is the answer, that Christ was crucified for you, but his identification with you was so marvelous that you were crucified with him through your faith. And when you begin to see that the cross of Christ, that work, is the answer for everything and the only avenue through which grace comes. It's going to change your life. It's going to change your marriage. It's going to change the way you see everything. Even though you've been born again for years, it's going to change everything about you. Probably going to even change where you go to church if you're not hearing the truth of God's Word in righteousness. You need to know that. Well, we never have enough time, it seems, these half-hour sessions. I pray that you would listen, take notes, and I'm praying for you. Pray for us, and listen, share these teachings. Don't just like them. Don't just comment on the post. Listen, share the YouTube channel on social media. Share these specific teachings. Let's help somebody. Let's be the salt that God says we are. Salt is more than something that preserves. Salt is something when people get a little taste of it, it makes them thirsty. So let's be the salt and the light Jesus said we were. Share the truth on social media. Be a part of this work. We love you. God bless you. We'll see you Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. right here in my office for part three of Romans chapter eight. Until then, God bless you and stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and him crucified. See you then.